a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Blaschenberg, and I am your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're going to talk about how to best prepare for a physiological birth, why it's important to physically and mentally train for birth instead of just winging it and see what happens, how you get your partner involved if you're partnered, how to get your doula or care provider all on the same page, and how to prepare, of course, the pelvis and pelvic floor. You know, I can't have a podcast conversation about birth without bringing those in, so to have this conversation, I have Krisha Crosley. She is a serenity life doula. She is a natural birth coach and a natural birth trainer with her renowned train for birth workshops in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. Being a division one collegiate athlete and earning her bachelor's of science in biology has given her life skills to be a leader, coach, and train others, encourage others, be punctual and accountable, use time wisely, and learn how to adapt to unwanted situations very fast to change into positive situations. It is a fantastic conversation, and Krisha has such great advice. She is hardcore, and what I really appreciate about the way she trains, it's a really full body experience. And now while she is an elite athlete herself, one thing I brought up is what if somebody is not, what if they've never exercised a day in their life and she still has ways to support you modifying the program to suit everybody that wants to work with her. And what I think she says is just really, really smart about how to train and why we want to train. And she gives suggestions of how to do that. I think you're going to get a lot out and a lot of encouragement out of this conversation. Before we get to my talk with Krisha, just a few things going on at PYC. So we've been adding back some more in-studio classes. We've continued our online classes. We actually added an additional online class on Saturday. So now we have two classes in-studio and online because the demand is there. So let's meet the demand of the community. And we also have our teacher training. So if you are someone that is passionate about supporting the perinatal community and you want the skills to create a yoga class that serves the mind, body, the baby, preparing people emotionally with information, education to help them make the choices best for them, check out our prenatal yoga teacher training. We do it four times a year, and we also have a postnatal teacher training. So check 
all of that out. Last thing I want to say, as always, is a thank you for listening. If you have a guest or a topic that I haven't done that you really want to dive into, let me know. Always reach out to me at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. I want to hear maybe there's somebody that is really blazing the way in the birth world I haven't heard of and haven't had a chance to talk to. I want to talk to that person. So let me know who that might be. Give me some topics if I haven't covered or topics you want me to review, and I'll be sure to do some podcasts on there. The last thing I'm going to ask of you is if you haven't already done this, can you please leave a rating and review for the podcast wherever you listen to it from? So thank you. Okay, let's take a super quick break. and When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Krisha. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Mosmo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Mosmo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Mosmo's Signal Extraction Technology, or set to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Mosmo set as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Mosmo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Krisha. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited to speak with you. I've been following you online. I know we have a mutual friend, Marianne, so I think we're going to have a great conversation. So let's dive right in. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about, for those listening, we're going to talk about the best ways to prepare for a physiological birth. So before we dive into the juicy info, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and how did you get into birth work? Well, I have been caring for people in the family dynamics since actually I was young. As a teenager, I babysat a lot. And then as I, you know, me and my husband got married and we had our own kids, we started you know, helping other families with their kids because we understand how you just need a break or, you know, just some time to be a husband and wife again and the kids need to be watched. So we would have kids come over and hang out with us for a day or the weekend and the parents could do whatever they want. And then I actually, I grew up in Austin, Texas, but now I live in Kennedale, Texas, which is close to Fort Worth, Arlington, Texas area. And when I moved up here, I was asked by actually a local chiropractor, hey, you need to be a doula. And I was like, what is a doula? Because I didn't know. He's like, well, the things that you're helping my family with is falls into the category of being a doula, whether it's a birth doula or postpartum doula. And I was like, okay. So I bought a book and I read it and I was like, oh, I'm already doing this because I've helped friends in Austin have babies. And I was like, well, my kids are going to be out of high school in about five years. What am I going to do with myself being a stay-at-home mom and running them to sporting event to sporting event? Maybe I would look at this path. So I started reading the book, got trained, loved it, and here I am 10 years later, still a doula, birth coach, natural birth trainer, and I love working with expecting parents and helping them grow their family dynamics. So that's kind of how I got into being a doula. Okay. I have to ask, what was the book that you read? What is a doula? No, no. What was the book that you read? Yeah. That was the name of it. What is a doula? Oh, <laughs> I thought 
why you're asking me, like, what is a doula? I'm like, okay. Who was it by? Do you know? I couldn't tell you because I loaned it to somebody else who wanted to be a doula and I never got it back. <laughs> I just, I didn't I'm ask. Look- I forgot about it. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I was expecting you to say like the birth partner or something. So, okay. I'm going to look, I'm going to find that book. Yeah. So what an interesting way to get into birth work. It seemed incredibly organic and just came out of your early life path. So I love that story. Yes. So let's get started with why it's important to prepare for physiological birth instead of just winging it. (laughs) Oh, there's so much to know about childbirth and physiological birth. It's, it's, it's how a woman's body's created to birth a baby. And I've been an athlete all my life. So all I know is keep the body moving, keep the body well, keep it healthy, feed it properly, water it properly and train for things. So when I realized that birth is like a sporting event. So I really, I, I train my birthing athletes for the day they step up to the starting line of their birthing game day to run this birthing marathon. They're going to work hard. They're going to burn a lot of calories and they're going to be in labor some hours. We have no idea how many it varies from mom to mom, but you have to have some endurance and some stamina to be able to get through to the finish line to meet your baby. And if you're not don't have that endurance and stamina, it might be a little bit harder, especially mm-hmm. if you have a labor that lasts a little bit longer, maybe a couple of days. It is utterly exhausting. When I train, I tell people, I go, it's probably going to be one of the hardest days of your life. You're going to work hard, but it's the most rewarding. You're going to sweat. You're going to cry. You're going to bleed. You're going to cramp. You're going to be utterly exhausted and you're still going to have to push your baby across the finish line. And that gives a little bit of perspective of why getting your body ready and your mind ready for this physiological event is so important. And I mean, there are people out there that are going to wing it, but I don't recommend it. You know, I totally agree. I've had some students, most of the students that show up at my yoga studio because it's prenatal yoga. So they, they're making some conscious effort, but I've had people I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to see how it goes. And I have the, you know, I respect that that's a choice. I get nervous for them because Mm -hmm. if you don't know your choices, you can't make choices. And if you haven't prepared your body, fear, as we know, that whole fear, tension, pain a cycle can happen that the first contraction, if they're not prepared, can create a lot of fear, which is more tension and more pain. So I really like, first of all, I can totally see you as like a football coach, like you're going to sweat, you're going to bleed, you're going to get that baby back. <laughs> I'm totally there with you. I really like that. Yes. So, let's, so let's also talk about, you mentioned like the physical prep and we're going to, I'm going to ask you more later, more like what that looks like with your, with the people you look like you work with, but Can you talk a little bit about the mental prep, like the necessity for that and and why we need that? Yes. So we need to find our own coping mechanism to get to the other side, because this contraction of the uterus is going to happen whether we want it to or not. And we have to be able to cope and get to the other side of the contraction. If you're, like you said, fighting it and you're fearing it and it's tense, it's 
the intensity of it is going to be more, the discomfort is going to be more, and it's going to be a lot harder for a baby to navigate the pelvis to come out of the body. But if we're able to zone in, I call it the birth zone, get into our birth zone, lose ourselves in the field of labor and labor to the rhythm of the natural birthing process for each individual, um, you're going to be more calm. You're going to be low and loose. You're going to be willing to move your body and wiggle the baby down. And your focus is just getting to the other side and then you blow it away and you never have to have that contraction again. Mm. So as an athlete, so I've played division one volleyball, um, like hardcore athlete, right? We, we train and we, we practice and we practice and we practice. And it's a lot of repetitions on the exact same thing. So the more you practice, your body just does like, you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Your body is just going to do because the birthing process is instilled in us, programmed in us, blueprinted in us, whatever terminology you want to use, it's in our DNA and our body knows what to do, but we can so as a society can get so much into our head and we worry about this and we worry about that and we're scared and we're fearful and all this because that's what we're trained and it's like societal conditioning that birth is terrible, birth is painful, this and that. And when you hear a lot of that over and over again, it affects us mentally. Mm -hmm. And then that mental aspect will come and rear its ugly head in the birthing process. And it makes it a lot harder for us to get to the other side across that finish line with all those things coming back at us mentally. But if you train and you've done the repetition, your mindset just goes into that coping mechanism because you know, you've done the work, you can put your mind to it. And that's one of the successful things that's coming out of the train for birth workshop is people are so confident stepping up to the starting line of their birthing game day because they've done the repetition. And now they just know they don't have to think about it. It's literally yeah. taken to think out. They get in their zone. We practice mental mindset, whatever it is for each individual, they are to figure it out for themselves what works because we are all in different individuals. It's going to be something different for everybody. And then you're just in the zone and boom, you go into labor, you labor your baby down, out comes the baby. And it goes way faster. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. You take away the tension, which we can talk more about the pelvis and tension later, but I really, gosh, so much what you say resonates with what I, I share with my students. Specifically, the idea of, I call it practice makes progress. And I was just saying in class yesterday that you can't just show up. I guess some people can, but again, it's, it's less to your advantage of just showing up and thinking you can learn relaxation skills on the spot. Those things take practice, like you said. Mm -hmm. So one thing you said that really spoke to me, it was kind of like the societal programming of birth is so fearful, birth is so awful. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday where the person was talking about kind of the, not just the history of birth, but how people, how animals and people birth. And she kept saying over and over, birth is just innately dangerous. And thank God we have modern medicine. And she said it probably three or four times in the podcast. And I was getting more and more upset because if we keep putting out there for the pregnant community here, how dangerous it is. And thank God for modern medicine to save us. How are people supposed to show up and trust their bodies? So I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Because you really touched on the idea of kind of society's view of birth being painful and fearful. 
Uh, I would disagree with that statement <laughs> from her. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're entitled to our, our own opinions and thinking. But, you know, we're mammals. We are created to birth live young. Um, other mammals on this planet are birthing their live young, and they're not getting vaginal checks. They're not getting interventions. They're not getting pain medications. What they are doing is they're trusting their bodies. They are surrendering to the birthing process within them. They are finding a safe, vulnerable place to have their young. Um, and if they're not safe and vulnerable, they are going to move and find that place before they have a baby. Um, and I think that's what humans need to be doing. I think we need to be finding our safe, vulnerable places. And I think once that happens, babies are going to come out of bodies a lot faster because mm -hmm. we are... Uh, having stalls mentally that can prevent a baby coming out, um, fear, worry, anxiety, stress. Oh my gosh, you have to get the baby out of your body or I'm going to be induced. You know, that type of stress causes the wrong hormones. Our birthing mm -hmm. hormones are suppressed when we have so much fear and pressure that we have to get the baby out of our body by a certain date or else. And that is causing issues. Mm -hmm. Same thing, um, yeah, so I think we just need to find safe, vulnerable place, which is going to look different from person to person, and that's okay. And babies are going to come out of bodies a lot faster if we keep educating about physiological birth, mm -hmm. putting the truth out there. We should be treated like any other mammals. Uh, I think we're going to see a huge change in how we birth babies if we can get enough people to basically agree with that yeah. and start using that as birth. Yeah. And taking and changing the narrative for, mm -hmm. you know, if it's just changing that societal narrative. So let's talk a little bit about the work that you do specifically. So I've watched some of your videos about your training and it is not passive. I can totally see your athletic coaching come through. So what does it look like when you're training folks? What kind of exercises or drills do you do? I guess both mentally and physically. <laughs> I, as doula clients, I have a lot of elite athletes. So I work a lot with athletes. So I know if I give them a task that they're going to accomplish it and doing it because that's their history. We think a lot alike. Uh, we've trained before. So we understand each other. For those who maybe have not worked out a day in their life, they're not going to do the program as an elite athlete. They're going to do what works best for their body and tone it down a little bit, which may mean no weight at all. It may just be going through the motions, and it may be only doing one set that day. An elite athlete will add the weight. They'll do the five sets a day. You know, it's a lot different. But, yes, it is getting in positions that you will put your body in on your birthing game day. So how I wrote the program for Train for Birth is I observed women have natural childbirth. So I removed myself out of a hospital setting in my fifth year as a doula and took only home births and birth center, freestanding mm -hmm. birth center births. And then I would watch. I observed, what is she doing? How is she squatting? How is she lunging? How is she tweaking her, her hips as the baby moves down? Uh, what is she doing? And I was like, oh, I can write a program and train for that. So I actually wrote the program backwards. I observed first, and then I went in and went, okay, we need to practice this. We need to practice those lunges, this type of squat. We need to work on, you know, leg lifts like this. 
you know, to prepare the body for something that the body is already going to do naturally on their birthing game day. And so now it's just repetition. I love that. So what were some of the movements, the physical movements you were seeing folks do in birth? And I guess I have a follow-up question to that. When you took yourself out of the hospital setting and only did home birth and birth center freestanding, how did you see bodies moving differently? So those are kind of two two follow-up questions. Okay. So the first one is they were doing deep squats. So they would squat all the way down. And I noticed that was getting the baby into the pelvis help. Uh, If they weren't doing a full squat, then they would be on their hands and knees with knees wide and they would rock back and forth in the same position, just more of a lateral position than um, a straight up position. Mm -hmm. Um, Lunges, they would lunge. They would put their leg up on stuff and lunge. They would put their leg on the ground and lunge, whether it was forward, whether it was sideways. If they're on hands and knees, they'd pop a leg up and they would lunge to the left or lunge to the right. So they used all different variations of lunges just naturally without any type of coaching at all. I just let them move however they wanted and was there to squeeze hips or sacral press or whatever they need me to do. So it was very interesting. And then they would also twist their hips in a certain way. So sometimes they would shift the hips a little bit more to the left. Sometimes they would shift the hips a little bit more to the right. Uh, It was very interesting. And then I realized that they were trying to make room in those spaces in the Mm. pelvis for the baby to navigate downward or rotate through. It's very fascinating. (laughs) And, um, so those are just some of the things they were doing and what's actually written into the program. And also, um, it made me think a little bit further ahead that changing, um, the height, putting your leg up on a block, versus just keeping both feet flat on the ground, putting a knee up on the block versus keeping both knees on the ground because they would shift just enough to try to create that space that you could easily do that by putting something underneath a foot or a leg to make that change in the pelvis. Very fascinating. So fascinating because I mean, I know you, I believe you studied spinning babies. I have too, as a parent educator and so much of this is in there, but what's even more fascinating besides, you know, what Gail has taught us is that the body is making its own decisions that, so for those listening, the pelvis, cause maybe we're making a little ahead of ourselves here, but the pelvis isn't, um, a fixed unit. It has three, well, it gets in count of four of the sacrum tailbone, but it's mobile, which I know you show in your videos. I show my videos in my class. And when we lift a leg, it's moving that hip and it's making space. So mm-hmm. what's fascinating about your observation is that if we get into that birth zone and we don't overthink and just listen to how the body wants to move, how the baby's asking to move. It sounds like the body was making all these shapes, just listening inward. Right. It's, it's flowing power to the body. Like I utterly believe hundred percent women can birth babies, like hundred percent, but it's her that needs to believe that yes, she can do it. So that's just the repetition. And then, yeah, it's, 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 it amaze, blows my mind every time. Like every time I see it, it blows my mind because it's if you just observe and help flow power to what she's already doing, it works beautifully. So what's so my follow-up question of, so that's what you observed, but then did you see any shift? Because I, I respect where anyone, I think where people feel the safest is where they should birth. Did you see a difference in 
the setup of the room or the protocols or I hate to use or allowed um, restrictions that may have been put on someone birthing in a hospital compared to outside of the hospital setting? Like how were the bodies moving differently? Yes. In a hospital, I felt like as a doula, my hands were tied in my skill set, right? I have a very advanced skill set and natural birth. And we were always being like coached into being in the bed. And then they had just this routine way of always putting moms on their backs, spreading their knees. Yet moms at the time of delivery would always try to squeeze their knees together. And they'd be like, no, keep them apart, keep them apart. And she'd be trying to squeeze her knees together. And I'm like, well, let's squeeze her knees together. That's what she's doing naturally. Obviously her body needs to squeeze the knees together to help the baby come out of the bottom of the pelvis. And I noticed little things like this versus being out of a hospital setting. Women were just moving freely, whatever position they want, whatever room they wanted outside, inside. It didn't really matter. They were, we just kind of followed whatever they did. They took the lead and we followed. And in a hospital setting, I was finding more that the providers were taking the lead and the staff there were taking the lead. And she had to basically succumb to what they were saying because they knew better. And that's when I was like, peace out. I'm going over here and I'm going to flow power to this over here because I see that this is working. Like I'm not seeing issues pop up in these areas of being a doula. Like I was seeing pop up in this setting. So, yeah. So it makes sense why you you chose. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to have a conversation with the care provider about what people are learning and training with. So if they're learning that, okay, I trust my body to do this way, how do they get the whole team on board? Because I do, I mean, statistically, you know, the majority of people listening right now will birth in a hospital. So we want to give them the tools to be able to have the birth they want, but also not go head to head with their care provider about those choices. Okay. We're gonna take a super quick break. That's a really big question. Chew on that for a minute. We'll be right back. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Okay, we're back. So... I really respect what you're saying about seeing how bodies have, how bodies move when uninhibited. But then if you are in a hospital setting, which again, the majority of folks listening likely will be, how can they still find that freedom of movement and have 
we don't want animosity or, mm-hmm. you know, head to head, um, you know, uh, issues during the actual birth. So what are your thoughts on getting everyone on the same page? Should be having healthy conversations with your provider during your prenatals. It needs to start early, not on your birthing game day. So you're setting up you as the person being responsible for your birthing experience. This is what I desire. This is what I would like because this is her birthing experience. She's going to live with for the rest of her life. And I want her to make it the best to what she feels is good for her. But the conversations have to start early. And if the couple is finding uh, a lot of animosity or going head to head or problems, feeling bad, going down to the car and crying because you just had a bad appointment. Well, that's a sign that you should get a second opinion or go find a different provider that's more like-minded and willing to allow you to have these things you want, like moving around in labor and choosing your desired birthing position. There are providers out there that do uh, provide that. It's not every person that's in a hospital is not going to allow you to do that. But it's also finding out what the hospital policies are because it's not always the provider that doesn't allow it. Sometimes the provider's hands are tied because hospitals have policies on, well, once you're admitted, you can't get out of bed because you're a quote-unquote fall risk. Well, you're not ill. You're not sick. You're bringing life into this world. It's a different viewpoint than what most hospitals are created to do is to help people who are sick, people who have broken body parts to fix them, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're having a baby that that doesn't align with that. So it's having the conversations ahead of time and then the expecting parents deciding, is this an appropriate provider for me? Is this an appropriate place to have a baby? Uh, if not, then I encourage them to find a more suitable provider or environment that works more along with what they want. Mm. No, thank you. All right. I'm going to shift to one of my favorite topics, <laughs> preparing the pelvis and pelvic floor. I'm obsessed with pelvic alignment to help babies find their little descent and rotation out. I am obsessed with the pelvic floor. So what of your what are some of your favorite ways to prepare the pelvis and the pelvic floor for birth? So there's three levels of the pelvis I like to train in. So it's top of pelvis training, mid pelvis training, bottom of the pelvis training. When I train couples one-on-one or in a group setting where I can actually have hands-on with them, then their training could look a little different from mom to mom to mom because we have different tights, tightnesses, weaknesses in different areas of our pelvis. So we always go through, you know, top of pelvis training first. So that's like knees wide. And then when you tuck your pelvis under, because it creates the most space at the top of the pelvis and your body's already going to move like that trying to welcome a baby into the pelvis. And then we get into this mid pelvis. The mid pelvis is the tightest part of the pelvis. Uh, If you're a first time mom, you've never had a baby go through there. Uh, You may be a second time mom and never had the opportunity for a baby to come through. So you would, your pelvis would be like a first time pelvis. Maybe you're going for a VBAC. Um, 
So there's a lot more training on asymmetrical movements to help wiggle baby through the pelvis and get that mid-pelvis ready. It's also where the baby's head meets the pelvic floor in the mid-pelvis. So there's just a lot more work to do right there. And then at the bottom of the pelvis, we do more things like knees together, ankles rotated out, and then sticking your butt up in the air because it makes more space at the bottom of the pelvis. So the training and exercises look more to open that area of the pelvis and get the pelvic muscles and, you know, your legs that go into it and your abdomen and your back muscles and everything prepared for the baby to descend the entire pelvis. I love that approach. It's some, it's exactly how I focus and offering people the awareness of the baby has to move through and it doesn't just shoot out like a gumball. So I really appreciate the way that you describe that. So what are some ways that when you're working with, if somebody is coupled, what are the ways that you're involving the partner or doula? Do you ever have doulas as part of the training if someone's not partnered? I train doulas separately and train for birth. But if somebody doesn't have a partner and they want their, their doula to be their partner, are they allowed into the training with them? I no, I do a support person. Okay. Yeah. So and doula, I expect doulas to take my training because they're going to learn the training differently than an expecting parent. So how do you involve partners in the training? I make sure they want to be an active participant first because not all partners want to participate because maybe they don't like the sight of blood or, you know, whatever the reason may be. Um, but the guys who come in and, and provide partner support all want to be hands-on. So they like, they want to learn how to help take the edge off with maybe hip squeezes or a sacral press, or maybe a little bit of a jiggle. I teach them how to watch her labor, like that observation what is her body doing? What is her body telling you? Where is your baby located in her pelvis based on what her hips are doing right now? So they get this uh, knowledge on how to tell where their baby is without having this ability to have vaginal checks to check dilation. I'm like, I think dilation is very overrated. So I'm like, I want to know where the baby is in the pelvis. Is the baby coming down in the pelvis? What is her body telling me where is the baby located so they get to learn this skill set when we do the train the mind exercises um, I put them through a couple of exercises and one of those exercises for a little bit more intensity or wall sits so Mm -hmm. I will gather up the partners and I'm have the ladies go pick up a a nice spot on the wall that they like to do a wall sit and I'll gather the the partners up in the room and I'll be like okay so the first One we're going to do is we're going to observe. I want you to observe what her body's telling you. Is she raising her shoulders? Is she giggling at you hysterically? Is she clenching her fists? You know, I want you just to observe what her mannerisms are, why I make them do this wall sit. She's going to tell you exactly how she's going to tense her body, how she's going to behave in labor. Um, What is she going to do with the intensity of this contraction that's happening in her quads. So the first thing they do is they observe and then we take a break and then I, they coach. So they get to practice instantly after what they observe, then they're going to do a hands-on and they're going to coach them on how to, you know, bring your shoulders down or ungrip your, your hands or, you know, let me massage your hands or whatever they can do to help work together. Cause I think, 
I always say this, but what gets you pregnant gets you unpregnant. Mm-hmm. It's the love and connection between the couple that's going to have the baby, just like they created that baby. So I teach them it's okay to be uh, have that love and connection and grow and work together and communicate together so they can have both have a pleasant birthing experience. So those are just some of the things uh, I get the partners involved. So they feel like they have something to do and they know that Birth isn't something you can fix, but I'm going to give you some skill sets, some tools that you can use so you're more calm, you're more confident about the birthing experience as well to, to apply so they can help. Do you talk about, because we talked earlier in our conversation about kind of the societal fear. I remember, I don't, I'm not an active doula now, but when I was, I sometimes saw partners not meaning to slightly sabotage the situation. If I had a client looking to forego pain medication, sometimes the partners would see their loved one laboring, have a really big contraction and be like, are you sure you don't want you know, pain medication? Is she okay? What should we do? And so how do you deprogram that fear that they may also have? One is getting them educated, knowing that what the natural birth skill set is and knowing that what she's going through is normal. They're, the partner's fear is different. So they're worried about their partner. They're worried about their baby. Um, they may not like what they see her going through. It kind of gets them on edge. It's a little bit different. Yeah. So them just having the knowledge, they're like, oh, this makes sense. And I always, every single couple, I'm like, you need to have a conversation between the two of you on how far she wants to be pushed. Will she regret it or not if she decides to get her epidural or not? And then whatever she says, it's your job to hold her to that. Because in the moment when things are rough, things are uncomfortable, things are intense, oh, anything sounds good. So you have to be able to talk her through that because there's going to be a point in labor where she wants to quit. She wants to give up. Give me all the drugs in the world because we're about to see a baby. And I need them to be on the same page of what she wants and to, if he needs to push her through that he knows that that's okay. But if they have that conversation and she's like, you know, if I get to this point and I'm happy with that and I decide it's too hard and I decide I want my epidural, then you need to make sure I get my epidural. So it can go either way. Um, but it's a conversation they have to have and agree upon. And if either one of them feels, um, that's a hard spot for either one, then that's where I'm like, you need to have a doula because that's what the doula does. It'll help teach you to advocate and it'll also help get you to that point where you want to be. If either one feels like they might be a little shaky or unstable about Mm -hmm. it, that doula can really come in and support both of them and help them meet their birthing goals. Mm. No, I like that. So you actually said something that I want to go a little deeper on. So one thing I try really hard, and I, I'm quite confident you do too, is that I have many students that will say, okay, I'm coming to yoga. I'm mentally, I'm physically training to have a physiological birth. I'm trying to forego pain meds. But they also may meet that point where they're like, I don't choose that anymore. And I would like to pivot and I would like some meds. So, And I never want anyone to feel like they failed in any way because it is a personal choice. It's a personal journey. Everyone feels things differently in their body. So how can this training help someone if they do pivot or if they need a a cesarean? How can they still find the prep work still valuable? It's still going to train their mind. It's going to help them with that birth zone 
that they'll be in. The actual physical training is getting their body ready. So their body is going to be prepared however a birth may end up, whether that's unmedicated, medicated, or surgically. And it's also going to help them on the postpartum side of recovery because they've done so much work ahead of time. Their body is fit. Their body is fit for birth. That's what it is. Um, And it helps them postpartum with recovery as well. So it's up to the individual. Uh, If someone is like determined to have an unmedicated birth, I'm going to be like, well, you probably should be birthing at home or a freestanding birth center because there's no back deep in your mind knowing that there's an epidural around the corner. Um, Now, I do also realize that some areas of this world, there is no choice of that and you have to birth in a hospital. Uh, That's when I'm like, well, then you better labor at home as long as possible. All you have to do is walk your body through the doors and sit down and have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I see where you're going with that. So I really appreciate, again, the physical part, the mental part, but I can imagine that someone might be listening to this that hasn't really exercised. Would you think they'd be intimidated to head into this kind of physical training? Yeah, I can see how they can be intimidated by it. Um, But I also, I have had, believe it or not, I've had a lot of women walk into my class and they're, they haven't done any exercises at all in their life. Like they literally... All they do is the walking they do just to get around day to day. And they walk in and like, I need the confidence. I want to have a natural birth. Teach me how. Mm -hmm. And I teach them how. And I give them the exercises. But we do modifications because I know that if they do, let's just say, a couple of reps of each exercise, by the end of the workshop, their muscles are going to be tired. Their body's going to be a little bit shaky because we have pushed the muscles past the point of, what they can do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be pretty sore the next day. And I don't want them in a position where they can't walk the next day because mm-hmm. do you think they're going to train again? No, they're going to be like, Oh, forget that. That's too much. Yeah. So I really modify and we bring it down just to get them moving. And all my uh, students that come in, they know when they register, they need to start at least getting up to a 30 minute brisk walk before they head into class. So I prep them ahead of time. That's so smart. they're at least moving or doing something before they walk through those doors. And then if I see they're starting to struggle, I'll be like, okay, let's do this or let's change this uh, to help them feel successful about completing the workshop. I really love what you're doing. I think it's so important to keep the body healthy, mobile, flexible, physically and mentally. That's It's really great. Okay, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, what is one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new or expectant parents? We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. So... Which hat do you want to put on? Your birth trainer hat, your parent hat, a little bit of both? <laughs> Where would you like to go with this question? How about birth coach? All right, hat. let's do it. <laughs> uh, it, 
educating together, I think, is priority. When you're in the same space at the same time, learning the same thing at the same time, I think it hits home a little bit more. So I encourage all expecting parents to get educated with their partner. It's just not the mom's job to get educated. The partner needs to be educated too. So when you're in the same spot at the same time, learning the same thing, you've heard the same exact information. Now you may hear it a little bit differently depending on you receive the communication, but you can just have discussions about what you both heard and then make educated decisions about that. So I am super um, a believer in the more knowledge you have on a subject, the better educated decisions you can make about that subject. Mm -hmm. Education is the key. The more education you have, the fear will come down. And then when you actually apply the information, it comes down even more. And then you start becoming confident. And that's where I want all expecting parents to walk into their birthing experience, whatever birthing experience that may be, whatever birthing goals they may have. I want them to walk in with confidence because they know, they know about birth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I love that. Where can people find your work? Trainforbirth.com. There it is. All of my, I have in-person classes in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. I, I train at two birth centers, one in Fort Worth, one in Irving. I have people from all over Texas drive, Louisiana, Oklahoma. If you're in about five or six hour range, people will actually drive to train with me. And if, you don't have that opportunity or you're too far away, then I also have a train for birth Academy, which is, has all my online courses, all of it. Everything can be found at trainforbirth.com. Do you have any postpartum training? I have, um, a ultimate postnatal bundle on my Academy, which is postpartum 101, breastfeeding 101 and baby care 101. Perfect. I feel like you're working so hard for the birth and you have mm-hmm. such knowledge that I figure there has to be a follow-up and there it is. Okay. The postpartum. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be a postpartum training coming. I just haven't gotten to the videos yet. So I have to just do it little by little. I totally understand. It is take, I have many different programs I've launched and they, they take a long time. I totally understand. Yeah. I have really enjoyed our talk. I will say, I think I enjoyed it so much because we're so aligned, but <laughs> so it's easy to like shake my head with a smile this whole time. Like, yes, yes, yes. So Yay. it has really been quite a joy speaking to you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Deb. I really appreciate you reaching out and letting me come share my knowledge with you and all your followers. Thank you. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.